It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs here on Locked On Dolphins. On today's episode of the show, we have a crossover Thursday edition with David Harrison of Locked On Bucks talking Dolphins and Bucks. We have the reaction to Will Fuller being placed on injured reserve and much more. Thank you for making Locked On Dolphins your first listen of the day, and let's get after it here on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, director scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan and ready to dig in today with some news, uh, a very good crossover series uh, with David Harrison of Locked on Bucks discussing this Sunday's game. Um, let's start with the Will Fuller news, right? Let's let's jump right into it today. Not a lot to sugarcoat today. Not a lot of all 22 reactions from last week or anything like that. It was announced that Will Fuller is going to be placed on injured reserve, meaning he will miss at minimum the next three games for the Miami Dolphins, which will mean uh, by the time we're back in action with Will Fuller at the earliest, he will play have played in uh, approximately five and a half quarters of Dolphins football through the first seven games of the 2021 season. Feels like a buzzkill. That can be true. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the Dolphins have been forced to exist through this point in time without Will Fuller. His impact on the game has been negligible. Uh, some of that by of no fault of his own. Some of that based on a suspension that he incurred in 2020. Uh, some of that because of personal issues. Some of that because of ineffective quarterback play and an unwillingness to push the ball down the field or read the field at all in the case of Jacoby Brissett in many instances against the Indianapolis Colts. It is what it is. Uh, The Dolphins, they've incurred uh, a number of losses. Obviously, they're going to play this game against the Bucs without their starting quarterback, starting center, and their number one wide receiver based off of physical talent and skill set. It's unfortunate. The punches are going to keep rolling. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. And, you know, quite frankly, I I don't think Will Fuller's presence is going to be particularly missed because the Dolphins have played more football without him than they have with him. Uh, Obviously, uh, the concern here is the fact that Miami paid Will Fuller almost $10 million, and he's going to have gotten halfway through the season and and played five and a half quarters. Uh, That stinks. Uh, Hindsight being 2020, though, I, I don't think you can criticize this maneuver too hard because you can't project injuries you know you could have known that will fuller was an injury risk and that's probably why miami didn't give will fuller a long-term contract so i know it's all the bees knees right now uh to really wreck chris greer for the the personnel decisions that have been made to get the miami dolphins to this point in time but i don't think it would be 
totally appropriate or fair to include this amongst them because you can't forecast for injuries, especially when said injuries come because your quarterback can't hit a routine pitch and catch along the sideline. Crossover Thursday here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm excited because David Harrison was excellent with his time. He was very enlightening. He spoke at length about the Bucks, some of the injuries they have, some of the limitations versus what the expectations were from last year's team, how the New England Patriots were able to keep Tampa uh, to 19 points in a very competitive game that came down to a missed field goal for the Patriots late in the game. Uh, so David did, didn't necessarily do too good of a job of, of telling Miami Dolphins fans there's no hope for an upset victory. And obviously Miami playing with their season on the line, you would like to think uh, this is the best version of the Dolphins you're going to see. And if the Dolphins come out and they do somehow score an upset against the Bucks, well, then we'll see what happens in Jacksonville when Tua Tungvaloa is back behind center and perhaps kind of reevaluate our mentality. But at this point in time, steady as she goes, we're evaluating this franchise, we're evaluating every dynamic as best as we possibly can, which is admittedly difficult because everything is an unknown variable, because everything is growing and evolving and gaining experience at the same time. Makes it a tough task. But we're up for it, and we're going to do it together here on Locked on Dolphins. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillight, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Crossover Thursday here at the Locked On Podcast Network and uh, the, the defending Super Bowl champions. I don't know how much longer we're going to continue to say that, but the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, coming into this matchup, hosting the Miami Dolphins and Raymond James Stadium this weekend. David Harrison for the Locked On Bucks podcast at DHarrison82 on Twitter. Kyle Krabs of the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Grinding the Tape. Kyle also uh, hosts the Draft Dudes podcast. Make sure you check that out if you want to be a draft expert, director of scouting at the Draft Network. Me, I also write for BucksNation.com, so more Bucks coverage from me if you're interested. Uh, Kyle, I mean, first things first, the Buccaneers are, are currently 10-point favorites to win this game uh, over at our friends, uh, BetOnline.ag. We're going to mm-hmm. dive into some of how that game might be won or lost by both sides, obviously. But first, how did this Dolphins team end up where they're at right now? Consider this is a 10-win team, ten win team in 2020. Now they've got half as many losses they had all last season. Obviously, two was injured, but 
I feel like there were probably some issues even before Tua went down heading into uh, what, what can't be considered a very good showing from Jacoby Brissett last weekend. Yeah, uh, first of all, if I were defending Super Bowl champions, I would use it until there is a new Super Bowl champion <laughs> outright. So yeah, ride enough. that horse, man, <laughs> and, and don't surrender that until you have to. Uh, but yeah, obviously Miami, very disappointing one and three start to the season. And uh, some of the more optimistic Dolphins fans out there w- would look at some of the plays that were left on the field by Jacoby Brissett last, uh, the last two weeks, as you mentioned, and uh, might feel as though Miami had a reasonable chance to win both the Raiders game and the Colts game. And uh, they were certainly games that were there for the taking, but I think that's the biggest difference uh, between last year's team and this year's team is last year's team was very opportunistic. They played smart disciplined, and didn't beat themselves. And this year's team, they're jumping off sides on a fourth and three punt without a pump block called and giving Indianapolis a first down and they go down and score seven points. And it, it yeah. kind of injects momentum and, uh, Jakeem Grant doesn't field a punt. He loses 15 yards of field position. He tries to make it up later in the game by catching a punt that he's running up on late, and he ends up muffing the punt and giving the ball to, back to the Colts inside their own 20-yard line. So mm-hmm. uh, just brutal mistakes uh, for Miami. They, they've not taken to the mantra of Brian Flores, and I think that's the most concerning thing. Uh, obviously, the injuries to Tua Tagovailoa and Michael Dieter on the offensive side of the ball and Raquan Davis, who may be back for this game against Tampa Bay, Mm-hmm. Those hurt, right? But yeah. if you're if you're the eighth most penalized team in football after being in the the bottom three for each of the first two years of the Brian Flores era, yeah. you got a problem. And, yeah. and you know, it's I don't know if they're pressing. I don't I'm not quite sure what the root of that is. But that's something that I discussed over at the Draft Network. I ended up dropping like two thousand words of therapy into a, a story <laughs> talking about this issue, and it was. Um, Everything in Miami is an unknown variable. You have no stability. You have no kind of anchors to be able to assess and kind of get to the root of whatever the the issues are on this team. So I don't envy Brian Flores and Chris Greer. And uh, at the end of the year, if they don't get this thing, turn around Stephen Ross for trying to vet and figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, and, and I mean, coming for this weekend, you mentioned some of the injuries that they've they've already suffered. And, and Monday, Ian Rapport of NFL Media reporting that wide receiver Will Fuller is expected to be out weeks using the multiple uh, term there. Uh, so Miami's going to be without him. Obviously, they're still going to be without Tua Tungabailoa. So Jacoby Brissett, as far as I know, right, expected to be the starter. How do you feel about this version of this Dolphins offense going up against this version of the Buccaneers defense? Really not the same version that we saw win the Super Bowl this last February. Uh, with especially considering that secondary has a lot of injuries looking really thin and Richard Sherman, who, uh, you know, 51 overall grade in PFF for, for what that's worth to those uh, who, who follow those grades last weekend. Now he'll have a full week of practice, but how much more he can get caught up is, is still to be determined. So how do you feel about this version of the Dolphins offense facing this version of the Buccaneers defense? I mean, I, I have my gripes with the offensive staff and Miami currently is implementing co-offensive coordinators and neither one of them is the guy that's actually in the helmet of the quarterback at the snap. That's the quarterback's coach. So you're playing whisper down the alley, trying to get the play call rallied into the quarterback. Uh, so there's, there's some spacing issues that I have some concerns with. I would like that you went out and got all these 320, 330 pound offensive linemen. And you, you don't really have any level of commitment to running the football uh, with Jacoby Brissett in the game. I'd like to see them do that. I don't think they're going to have any success doing that against the, the Bucks front, regardless of oh, how often we see Jason Pierre Paul or not. Uh, it's they they just can't consistently get push up front in the running game. So I have my gripes with the play calling, but they've been calling up a, a fair amount of opportunities to to take some shots down the field. And 
Uh, I went back and counted and, and just got, got done yesterday watching the All-22 of the, the Dolphins offense against the Colts. I had 15 routine reads, plays, throws out of this. So about half of the, the plays that Jacoby Brissett took for Miami mm-hmm. against Indianapolis, just missing basic stuff. Yeah. So from an execution standpoint, well, the, Brian Flores said we're going to avoid trying to make wholesale changes because uh, we think it's an execution problem. And I, I think they do have some schematic issues. I do think they have some personnel limitations. But it's really hard to evaluate this Dolphins offense because Jacoby Brissett, for, you know, for being a six-year quarterback with 1,100 career pass attempts in the NFL, like I just don't know what you're looking at to make some of the decisions oh. you're making with the ball. Yeah, it definitely didn't look good. I saw some of the tweets that you sent out and some other people have even sent them out and I think the, the the best one I saw, which actually the worst one I saw, if you're a Dolphins fan, right, is uh, two guys running wide open over the middle of the field, and uh, I think he ends up checking it down after after looking yep. at both those guys running Max wide. Max protect deep shot. We're running. Yeah. We're throwing the check down. Yeah, so. it's it's crazy to see, especially from an NFL quarterback. So I mean, talk about that with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, any chance we see uh, Reed Sennett or Senate, however you say that, in this game if Jacoby doesn't get going early in this one? So Brian Flores was asked that. Uh, after the game on Sunday, was there any consideration given to you know, turning the keys over to Jacoby or to Reed Sinnott uh, throughout the course of the game against the Colts? And he offered a one-word answer, and it was no, and that was it. So I doubt it. <laughs> um, I, I get you know, the, Tua Tagovailoa is reportedly going to be back in Week Six against Jacksonville. So right. I don't know that they do anything crazy. Uh, I don't know how you can make it easier to execute slant flat and man-to-man coverage and nobody capping the slant running in the middle of the field. And Will Fuller's got nobody within four yards of him. I, I don't know how to make that any easier. So um, I wouldn't rule anything out. You know, Brian Flores has not been afraid to mix things up as necessary, but at this point in time, it seems like they're pretty steadfast in, in Jacoby being the guy there. It'll be interesting to see a lot of quarterbacks have done some things. Uh, against this this very banged up Buccaneers defense so far that people didn't expect them to necessarily do. Uh, but talking about the Miami Dolphins defense here, uh, I think things are going better on the defense side of the ball right than they are the offensive side of the ball there in Miami. And we just saw the Patriots defense uh, and Tom Brady's homecoming there on Sunday Night Football really kind of commit to ensuring that Tom Brady couldn't beat him uh, in the normal fashion. They they overloaded uh, pass coverage, especially inside the red zone, to the point where uh, a Buccaneers tight end that was on the practice squad the week leading up to the game was getting double covered in the red zone. That's how much the Patriots were going to make sure all those receivers were covered. How do you think Miami stacks up against this Buccaneers offense? What do you think they need to do uh, to do what the Patriots did hold them under 20 points for what would be the third straight week? Yeah, I think Miami, uh, they're going to have to hope for good news with Byron Jones. He's played phenomenal football early on this season. He only played 35% of the snaps against the Colts with a quad injury. He spent the second half on the bike on the sideline, trying to keep it loose Uh, He did not practice in the open portion of practice on Wednesday, so we're not sure if we're going to have him. Uh, Kind of the domino effect there is I would not be surprised if he doesn't play to have Nick Needham on the outside, who has played phenomenal, and he was a guy who I was was ready to bump into just a depth role uh, this past offseason. He's really taken a big step forward, uh, primarily in the nickel these past few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised to see some Jason McCourty sprinkled in at corner as well. That's one thing about this Dolphins team is I do think between the safeties that they have and the corners that they have, uh, they can be very multiple to go with big nickel situations or or get a lot of corners on the field if they feel they need to match and go man-to-man. But they're probably going to continue to be the team that they've been all season long, which is they, despite the fact that they've made some improvements up front with Adam Butler and Jalen Phillips, who was phenomenal against the Colts, uh, they're a team that, continues to blitz at one of the highest rates 
in the NFL. So they're, they're, they lead the NFL in quarterback hits. Has not translated to sacks at this point in time, but uh, I think they'll probably try to play in the face of some of these receivers, disrupt the timing in the release, and uh, try and get to a non-mobile. Don't mean that with any disrespect to the GOAT, but Tom Brady's not known for being the most fleet of foot. (laughs) If you can keep him in the pocket and you can contain and kind of collapse and get in his face a little bit, maybe you you could get a couple tip balls and and force some turnovers, which uh, is one of the, the few gimmicks that this Dolphins team has left their riding is this turnover streak that's like 27 games or something like that at this point in time consecutive. Yeah, I mean Brady might have had the the, the, the NFL's longest six yard scramble in the history of the league uh, last <laughs> weekend against New England Patriots. So nobody, I don't think anybody's going to take offense to that. And look, Jalen Phillips is a guy that a lot of Buccaneers people uh, wanted wanted the team to target in the NFL draft. There, I think actually, I think my coach James and I in our, our ultimate mock draft, I think we actually went Jalen Phillips for the Buccaneers. So uh, you know, uh, no surprise really to see him doing some good things there in Miami. And then uh, two questions, last Dolphins question for you, Kyle, uh, who's the Dolphin that you think needs to really step up, have an A game for Miami to have a chance to come out of this thing, not going one and four. I think Jalen Waddle needs to, to break a couple of these receptions and he was very close to doing so against Indianapolis. Uh, he caught three balls early on in the first five, six minutes of the football game and hardly saw a target the rest of the way. So it wasn't necessarily a fault of his, uh, he got open. You know, he was one of the, he was running the deep cross, uh, that 18 to 20 yard cross on you mentioned on that, that you know, mm-hmm. kind of schemed max protect shot play down the field. Uh, but he's, he's one of the top receivers in the NFL in separation. And I understand they're, they're running them in the, the short areas of the field quite a bit. But I think this Dolphins offense, it's kind of constipated, right? And, and if it, they're going to loosen it up and they're going to get some chunk plays, I, I think somebody is going to have to make somebody miss in short space and turn it into a long game. So no Will Fuller. Uh, he went on IR on Wednesday, um, and he's a little bit more of a true vertical receiver anyway. I think mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle's probably somebody that y- you're going to have to get a good good break with, with the ball in somebody's hands, and Waddle seems like the most logical guy to do it. Yeah, sounds like a good pick. And then I've got a Buccaneers question for you, actually. Your Twitter bio uh, says that you're you're a, a very avid fan of nose tackles. Are we talked uh, about the Tampa Vita? Bay Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, we think we have the best one in the NFL, Vita Vea. And, I mean, uh, we actually just did an episode that dropped on Tuesday uh, highlighting the fact that Vita Vea was perhaps one of the most impactful players of that win over the New England Patriots, despite the fact that you will not find his name in the stat box. So if you, if you could just give Bucks fans your opinion of Vita Vea uh, here in, so far through the 2021 season in his career, really. Yeah, so Vita is guilty of making me feel smaller than any other human being has in my entire <laughs> life. I'm in the uh, I'm in Indianapolis at the combine the year that he's coming out, and back behind where they have the podiums uh, to do the interviews, uh, they have restrooms, and I'm back there and washing my hands at the sink, and I just see this big shadow come up over <laughs> me, and he's washing his hands at the sink next to me, and <laughs> I realize who it is, and I'm like. This is the most enormous human being I have ever laid eyes on. And then you watch him on the football field and you see how dynamic he is, how powerful his hands are, how he can win with finesse, but he can also win with power. And he's a rare breed, man. And I I know that selection at the time was kind of eyebrow raising, like really like you're going to go with an interior defensive lineman. Who's probably a true nose at the next level with a, a top 20 selection, but He's been worth it for Tampa Bay, and he is a unicorn amongst unicorns for a nose tackle, but a disruptor at nose tackle. So uh, a lot of respect for him, and uh, I don't have any question he he's going to make life hell for this Miami Dolphins interior the offensive line. 
Absolutely has been so far. And you have a lot of respect for him. And we have a lot of respect for you, Kyle Krabs, at Grinding the Tape on Twitter, host of Locked On Dolphins and the Draft Dudes podcast. At the Draft Network, we're going to take a quick second to let some of our friends share some messages with our audience. And then Kyle is going to come back and grill me about the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Football season is back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. With a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back on a crossover Thursday edition here on the Locked On Network. I'm Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins at Grinding the Tape with David Harrison of Locked On Bucks, dharrison82 on Twitter. So, David, you know, you were very kind. You know, I appreciate that. You know, a lowly one and three football team coming into this matchup. And I've been licking my wounds for about two weeks now. And I've kind of told my listener base uh, amongst Dolphins fans, Uh, We're kind of putting the evaluation hat on and there's no better way to evaluate what you have and and the players on your roster than to go against the cream of the crop. And I understand last year is last year and each one of these teams is new. But as we mentioned, this this is the defending Super Bowl champions with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and this high flying offense. And so I, I guess the first thing I would kind of just like to get a feel for is what's the temperature in Tampa Bay about the performance of the team? versus expectations they obviously brought so many players back from last year's super bowl champion team and, and they they started slow right seven and five before they got hot and ran the table from there so uh what's kind of the feel in tampa bay about the first four weeks of the season for the bucks thus far yeah it's kind of a mixed bag a little bit of uh, a little bit of just just kind of cautious optimism and and kind of just stay in the course and i think there's there's this growing confidence about this buccaneers team uh, that really hasn't been a part of this fan base for a very long time that even through struggles and even through bad luck and bad breaks and bad bounces, this team can still come through and win for one can win games, but they can also get to the tournament at the end of the regular season. That's really what it's all about here in the regular season. Once you get there, we all know anything can happen. So it's really just about getting to the playoffs. And there's a, there's a quiet confidence uh, that, you know, even if Antonio Brown is missing from a game or Rob Gronkowski or whoever the defense is banged up, this team is going to find a way to win. But then there's another part of the Buccaneers fan base that, uh, wants, it wants blood to be quite honest with you. They wanted to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come out, return all 22 starters and quite a few of their role players uh, as well and come out and, and just kind of impose their will on people uh, throughout the season. And they're just not quite seeing that during, uh, there are some of those, I mean, especially the Dallas Cowboys matchup 
uh, with Dak Prescott coming back from in his first game. I mean, I alone, I, I also expected some rust out of Dak. I think he's impressed pretty much everybody that's seen him return to the field this year. Uh, but then you even go into last weekend against New England, and even with the weather, uh, you know, and even with the defensive injuries, people expected, uh, you know, some people expected the Buccaneers to really kind of handle that New England Patriots team. But I think they learned what a lot of people already knew and that the New England Patriots defense is really a very stout unit. And Mac Jones has, has looked well above uh, what I think a lot of people evaluated him at, at being ready for NFL football coming out of Alabama this year. Um, so some of it's injury, some of it's, some of it's other things, obviously, but for the most part, you have, you have nobody that's super excited, even though they're three and one, uh, their only loss coming to the Rams, but you have a lot of people that are kind of just, staying steady with the flow and waiting for uh, another big matchup to prove themselves and some who are not hitting the panic button, but they're, uh, they're hovering over it. Uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about the Bucks on the offensive side of the football is mm-hmm. um, run defense has been problematic for Miami through the first four games of the season. And it's, it's largely chunk gains. They've gotten gouged in each of the four games that they've played thus far. And, you know, just looking at the raw rushing production for Tampa, Hasn't been a lot of activity. They, they went up over 100 yards for the first time mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend. Uh, 112 rushing yards, I believe, was their team total. So uh, is that something you think is kind of circumstantial based on the games that you guys have played to this point in the season? Or are you looking at the running game in Tampa Bay and saying, hey, there might be a cause for concern or kind of a weakness here that we have to – We'll kind of monitor over the next couple of weeks and, and get a feel for our team in this regard. Yeah, it's definitely the weakness of the offense is that running game. And Leonard Fournette has looked better, I think, every week this season. And, and I kind of chronicled that over at BucksNation.com. Uh, right now, you know, he, he outtouches everybody else on the offense from a skill position standpoint. You expect that of a running back. But in this system, you kind of expect that running back spread to be a little bit more even. He's got more touches uh, than all the other running backs on this roster combined. And with the addition of Giovanni Bernard, granted, he missed last week. Uh, due to an injury, but then Ronald Jones coming in as that kind of quote unquote starting running back, you really wouldn't expect such a such a wide margin of of touches between Leonard Fournette and the rest of the group. But he's kind of earned it, and every time the Buccaneers have turned more to him, he's kind of answered it uh, with with proving them to be intelligent people. And you know, he still got his flaws. He still drops some passes. Uh, Bruce Arians talked about that earlier this week and says, you know, those those drops, uh, they're they're concentration, and I think a lot of them are his efforts. Uh, he knows he's not a Christian McCaffrey. He's not, you know, he's not a guy who's going to catch the ball uh, and make a whole lot of people miss. So he's trying to get in to his post catch, uh, mo- you know, motions and, and football activities as they call it uh, to, to get as much yard as he can for his team. He's just got to realize that, you know, the first step is catching the ball. The next step is doing something with it. And I think that's something that he's developing uh, coming on with Ronald Jones keeps missing blitz pickups, you know, and, and that's going to keep continuing him uh, or continue to keep him on the sidelines there. Uh, but we saw the Patriots focus on stopping Tom Brady and not letting him use guys like Cam Brady, you know, missing Rob Gronkowski was obviously big. Um, and they kind of made the Buccaneers run the ball more than we've really seen them run in a long time. Fortunately, it worked out. I mean, it's a, it's a three point win and, and or not even a three point win, less than a three point win at the end of the game. Nick Folk has a chance to potentially give the Patriots one of the bigger upsets of the season. He just misses that field goal. So you have to be a little concerned given that the first time the team really had was forced to focus on the run game. They kind of narrowly came away with a victory, but at the same time, there's a little bit of promise there because Leonard Fournette is getting better week in week out. And I think the more comfortable and the more confident he gets, uh, the, the better off he's going to be for this offense. So follow up on that is I'm glad you had mentioned kind of the weakness on the offense. And my question comes from, a Miami scope 
but needs your expertise to mm-hmm. answer the question, which is if you were on the opposing sideline and yeah. you were trying to craft kind of here's the flow of how the game needs to unfold for us to win the football game against yeah. Tampa Bay with you know so much experience. And obviously they have some injuries they're dealing with right now, but what, what key variables are you trying to isolate and accentuate that you feel like if an opposing team tried to do it would give them the best chance to win a football game against the Bucs? Yeah, I keep everything in front of you. Like, like bottom line is you, you have to keep everything, I think, in front of the second level. You, your linebackers and your safeties and your cornerbacks have to be able to run downhill to make a stop on the football. You're going to give up a lot of yards. You're probably going to have some extended drives. Your defense is going to be on the field for, for a long time. Uh, but again, kind of looking at what the New England Patriots were able to do, uh, the Rams kind of came out and, and almost bullied the Buccaneers, really. It was, it was kind of, it, it really kind of showed how, how important that game was to the Rams versus the Buccaneers, who were, I don't want to say they were taking it lightly, but they were kind of just, it was more just a big regular season game. Whereas mm-hmm. for the Rams, it was a very big statement opportunity for them. Uh, but the New England Patriots showed it as well. You know, they're going to get in the red zone, but if you can keep them to field goals, I mean, everybody talks about field goals don't win games. Uh, then you just have to turn it over to your offense. I know that's a little bit of a concern there in Miami, but I think that's kind of the best opportunity because if you try to get a little overly aggressive and stop the short stuff uh, with, you know, guys like Antonio Brown and even some of those tight ends that get in there in the middle part of the field, you're eventually going to get caught short and you're eventually going to get hit over the top with, you know, uh, some Antonio Brown. Again, we can talk about him. Chris Godwin obviously has uh, some deeper ability. I mean, Mike Evans has even been known uh, to go out there and grab an explosive player to himself over a DB. So, that's really what the what the Buccaneers want you to do is they kind of want to hit you uh, with body blows and then wait for you to really get into that defensive mode and try to shrink down and then take advantage and nail you with that uppercut. So I think discipline and defensive scheme, discipline and play, because uh, the key, of course, is once again, the red zone, you got to keep them out of the end zone. If you let them into the red zone and then they score, well, it, it's, it's not really going to work out well for you anyway. Uh, my last question is pertained to uh, injury and availability. And you've yeah. mentioned that, that the Bucs are – a little banged up and have been dealing with some injuries in the secondary. And obviously Gronkowski couldn't play in this past game. So who are the players that kind of, you, you have the vibe are going to be back, uh, aren't going to be back. You know, who are the key pieces that are kind of up in the air for Tampa Bay and what way do you expect to see them going based on uh, trends early on this week? Yeah, I think Carlton Davis and and Rob Gronkowski are two guys that you kind of pretty much expect to be out. Antoine Winfield uh, as well. Bruce Aaron has already kind of said, it's going to be really tough sliding to get him through concussion protocol. Uh, and concussion protocol is not something you want to try to pull games with or tricks or rush right. anybody through. So he's, he's most likely out as well. Jamel Dean practiced all week last week. Uh, d- didn't play. It wasn't necessarily a huge surprise, but a little bit of a surprise because consider because he, that he did practice. So if he can practice all week uh, this week leading up to this game, then you figure he'll probably be out there with guys like Richard Sherman, Ross Cockrell, uh, who's actually the highest rated uh, cornerback of that win uh, in that win over the new England Patriots. So he did a little bit better than we've seen him do uh, over weeks before. So, you're probably looking at Richard Sherman, Ross Cockrell, uh, Pierre Desir, and and uh, uh, Jamel Dean if he can, if he can go in that secondary. Not the star-studded lineup, or not the you know the grave diggers that they they coined themselves as in that Super Bowl run. I mean, I think that you know obviously plays into Miami's hands a little bit if, if they want to try to get this upset. And then at safety, you're looking at Mike Edwards replacing Antoine Winfield Jr. in tight end. Uh, Cam Brate, OJ Howard mostly held in as a blocker uh, last week. Uh, Cody McElroy. I uh, keep calling him Greg McElroy. Cody McElroy got out there for some some routes. Uh, and again, I mean, the Pats double teamed him. So as, as surprised as everybody was uh, that, that Cody McElroy is getting uh, doubled. But they'll definitely try to keep the tight ends on the field and try to use them as well. Um, but those are probably the guys that you're looking at facing along with you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Great stuff here on another Locked 
on crossover edition. Kyle Krabs, David Harrison, Dolphins at Bucks. Uh, a big game for Miami to try and keep their their season alive. It's the, their aspirations for the year on life support. Tampa Bay looking to continue rolling some momentum into their or, or through their early season successes. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in here on the Locked On Network. It's your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it. Thanks for listening, and we hope to talk to you guys again soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.